I feel like this was like 18 different episodes in one, but I think so many good little nuggets. Actually, I feel like two, two yeah. episodes in one, in one right there. Like it's beginning and the end of, of one part and the middle was like a part, different part. Yeah, two parts, two part episode. Thank you for listening. We're back with another episode. We've had a great first conversation. I'm going to give it off to Lauren. It's incredible too how one experience or one conversation or one small thing that could be trivial to someone else could be life-changing exactly. to another person. Yeah. I remember that's that's why I always talk about um like with my students I think we've talked about this too. You know, when you see a post on Instagram that you like or you stumble across an artist's work that you just love, make sure to let them know because it takes you 30 seconds to leave a nice comment or send a nice message. And that could be the thing that like that person could be like in a slump yeah. and hearing that could help pick them back up. Or I think about all of the conversations I've had over my lifetime with some of my mentors and they'll say one small thing and it'll stick with me forever. Yeah. And you really never know which moment is going to be your moment or what thing that you're going to say is going to help somebody else. And so you just got to put it all out there. And sometimes it takes two, three, four times of making the same mistake to realize you need to make a change. So don't beat yourself up too if you make the same mistake. Ideally, you know, you learn from the first time, but sometimes stuff happens. And what I was going to say too is if you find yourself making the same mistake over and over and over again, one thing that I do, because I definitely am guilty of doing that, I have the best intentions and then the same thing keeps happening. It usually just means that it might not all be on you. Maybe if you can't get it done or you can't seem to avoid this mistake, take some inventory of your environment, the people you are around, the situation, um, and try to figure out a way where you can set yourself up to not make that mistake mm -hmm. again. So let's say you're working from home and you're procrastinating. You can't seem to get anything done. Maybe it means you shouldn't work from home. Or, you know, in my case, I'm trying to think of when I was freelancing, I always hated talking about money and doing the negotiation parts. And then even when I did and everything went well, I was really bad at paperwork mm -hmm. about like sending the invoice. And so after that kept happening over and over again, and I was about to make the transition into doing this full time, I was like, okay, this can't keep happening. I am going to look for an agent. So I looked for an agent, got an agent, and that solved that problem for me without me having to do any massive stuff myself. So sometimes it could mean you need a change of environment, a change of surrounding, or just some help. And don't be afraid to ask for that either, because that could be honestly the easiest solution for you you can't do everything yourself it's just not possible i wanted to bring it back to to just the mm -hmm. beginning where you talked about like middle of the year you saw like the projection for your year wasn't where mm -hmm. you thought it would go i i had that a bit at the beginning of the year where i saw like this couldn't possibly go and plus like january passed nothing came in February passed. Nothing. Like not a single thing? Like I f or small stuff? I feel like not a single thing. Like like not big enough like that I could remember. And and I was just man, I was freaking out for for the <laughs> already freaking out for the full mm -hmm. year. And that hasn't happened to me um mm -hmm. once. Like I've had the same feeling over every beginning of the year. Like I usually end up end up the year like whoa this was amazing i can't believe i got to do all these things and right now mm -hmm. i'm probably at the same cloud where it's like 
I can't believe I had this massive project. I can't believe I got to to start doing workshops. I can't believe I I got to to work for the same clients, those awesome clients again for a second year, even though like we know how this business goes. And starting a podcast, we like there's so many things that we could list. And and I think we're gonna do an episode where we like do a time capsule of like the amazing things that have happened, the things that we want to see in the future, and and then kind of do this again and again. So just so we remind ourselves like how much we've grown from last year. And but but it's still every year starts the same way with me having like <laughs> like crippled uh, crippled anxiety about like how this year will turn out, and and always like on the edge of like, ugh, I don't know if if it could get any better than it, it was last mm-hmm. year. And then like I have this like for the first months till like something big comes in, I feel like, all right, this could work. Um, and yeah, how did you end up dealing with, with this? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. So I talked with my boyfriend and some friends because, you know, I have very open dialogue with my, with my inner circle um, as I do with you. And they helped me realize actually that I was only using that one metric, right? Money. That was the only metric that I I, I laser focused in on. And that's why I felt like a failure because I was just looking at the money. But what I didn't realize, and they helped me zoom out, is that, hey, okay, maybe you made a little less than last year, but it's not a failure because look, last year was great. You had your best year ever financially, but you also worked like, 10 hours a day and felt really stressed. And every time we saw you, you looked a little burned out. And this year, you know, you hired your first employee and you've been outsourcing to other designers more and you've been cooking more and you are sleeping more and you actually worked a lot less than last year. So if you think about it proportionately, you're doing fine. Like you actually, if you think about the other metrics, the stress metric, my stress went way down, even if my income went down a little bit. And that's a huge win mm. because your mental health yeah. and your physical health yeah, yeah, yeah. is so much more valuable than like making a lot of money in one year, just like in yeah. the grand scheme of things. And so if you're feeling like you're beating yourself up over something, look at the other metrics, zoom out, like zoom out and see what the other areas in your life that you may have actually been improving or things that have changed or like Stefan said too, what have you accomplished in the last three years versus like just this one dry month? It can really help put things into perspective because it's so easy for our brains to focus in on what we're doing wrong and not realize what we actually are doing right. And it's all just part yeah. of it's all just part of the process too. Like every year you're gonna yeah. learn something new. And actually, one funny story I can incorporate into the end of this is uh Before this, I had a meeting with a financial advisor um, and we were just talking about investing and, you know, adult stuff. (laughs) Um, And I still I still haven't wrapped my head completely around it. But he made an interesting point about investing that I never really thought about in terms of having a balanced portfolio. And he was saying, if you have a portfolio of stocks that are all 100 percent of them are performing really, really well in a in a good economy, most likely those stocks in a bad economy are all going to do poorly. And so actually for a balanced portfolio, you should have the majority of your portfolio doing well, but some of your stocks won't be doing well. And so you kind of need that balance to make sure you have all your Mm -hmm. boxes checked for when markets Mm -hmm. shift. And 
Uh, so mm-hmm. using that mentality, I was thinking about it the whole drive home. You know, not everything in your life, not every metric is going to be operating at a gain or going 100% yeah. um, the way you want it to go. But that's just the natural ebb and flow of things. And it actually means that, you know, you can only give your attention to so many things per year. And maybe there are areas where you didn't grow as much, but you can always reallocate stuff and change the balances. And it's all about, I feel like bringing it back to money and like finances and investing. You know, when you have a longer time horizon, that's when the compound interest really kicks in. Mm-hmm. And if you're only looking at how did my portfolio grow in the last six months, that's so narrow. You can't think of yeah. it that way because things take time to really reap the benefits. Like Stefan was saying, you know, in with his Instagram growth, every year you grow more and more per year. And it's not that it gets any easier per se, or you're just like coasting through. You just get to piggyback off of each success. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to reap the compound interest, you got to stay in the game for longer. And also, you know, it's your call when you want to get out of the game, but when you're passionate about something, you're more likely to stick around for a Mm -hmm. longer time. I wanted to, to, to just highlight this, these metrics that we Mm -hmm. use, because we've just talked about like money is one metric, Mm -hmm. but your stress is another metric. Your stress went down. Mm And, and then maybe like focusing more on friends is another metric. Like how much time do you like gotten closer with your friends over the Mm -hmm. last year? Your metric can be money. Your metric can be success. Like it's hard to define success on some level. Like you can say like, I've spoken in front of these people. Like I've, I probably could count up a couple of metrics where you would be amazing at right now um, and be crushing it over last year. And then there are some metrics where where I feel like I know exactly on what metrics I feel like, oh, I, I should have worked better on that or I should have done better on this. And so it depends on what metrics you've set for yourself. And that's why I really recommend like at the beginning of the year, like set your metrics really on a couple of things. Like what do you want to focus on? And then and then really try to focus them, like write them on something or make sure that's big. But I, yeah, I feel like one of the the metrics for me was like to stay active and fit and, oh yeah. And I've, and I've done a half marathon so I could, I could cross off that part, but at at the same time, like rest of the year, like if, if I count it all together, probably still better than last year. And, and I've been able to keep my weight. I've been all doing this and I've still like invested in, in a personal trainer to, to work out because I feel like that's worth for me, that's totally worth the money. And then for others, like metrics, like maybe money is not the most important. Like I've said to, to Lauren before we started the podcast, my metric in, in making money is not how much I make. Like I have actually no idea how much money I made last year and the year before. The only metric that I have is how much I'm giving away. And, and so I know only that metric. And I feel like that metric for me is so much more important of how much money am I giving away? Am I able to give away? Because if I'm able to give away a lot of money, then probably I'm doing really fine as well. And, and instead of looking of how much did I make. And so, yeah, look at what metrics you're using in your life, especially when we're drawing to an end of 2019, mm-hmm. that you're thinking about like, what's, what kind of metrics you want to set yourself up for 2020. And, and even better, like, 
not use the new year as a complete change of like right now everything is changing like maybe your metrics start from july to july i don't know or from 2019 to 2022 whatever it is yeah not only the metrics but the timeline make sure mm -hmm. that you're looking at a you know diverse timeline too because something that could feel bad month to month could be amazing mm -hmm. you know in over the next couple of years and that's definitely what both of us have experienced like there will be ups and downs within, you know, the couple years, but overall you're going to have grown and mm -hmm. it will have been a net positive. And if you're feeling down because you're focusing on certain metrics that you're not doing as well in, you know, take a step back and think about the other metrics that you may be actually doing a good job in. And sometimes like in my case, it takes friends or family to bring that out of you and to be like, actually, no, you're doing great here and here, or like you learned how to yeah. do this or this, or you actually have done a lot. Like one of the silly ones that I have, or it's, I guess it's a, I don't know if it's a metric, but it's a goal. Um, at the beginning of this year, I talked, I told myself that I wanted to learn how to bake bread and how to make vegan cheese. I don't know why. I just had this curiosity about it. And yeast baking has always scared me. It's not just like making regular baked goods. And so I baked a lot of crappy loaves of bread earlier this year, and some of them would fall flat, some of them wouldn't rise, and now I make the most delicious whole wheat sandwich bread, and I bought all the ingredients to make vegan cheese, and I figured it out, and it's pretty delicious in my opinion. I love uh, it. And so you just have to... <laughs> you. You know, and that metric of like, oh, wait, I had an interest and I did it. That's incredible. Yeah. Like I made time to indulge those parts of my life and creativity that may seem trivial to other people. But that's one way, too, that you can, you know, if you are scared of something or you or let's say you're scared of leaving your full time job to go freelance do other small things in your life, like learning how to bake bread that are pretty mm -hmm. risk free, you mm -hmm. know cheap ingredients. You can do it in your spare time. Build confidence in other things mm -hmm. by trying other things that you don't know about or that scare you. And that will actually set the stage yeah. for you to be like, wait, trying something new actually isn't that bad. I always figure it out, you know, yeah. and I've, I've definitely employed that in my own life and I found it's, it helpful. But yeah, it's so true because even for me, like, I feel like the most valuable lesson that I've learned in my life was learning how to do latte art. It took me four mm. months to to actually learn to do latte art. Um, interestingly enough, it's a long time pouring coffee. Yeah, pouring coffee every day, trying like just how many every day? Four months. That's what a hundred and twenty coffees. Probably, yeah. Like wow. probably more than that even. But you get, just got to imagine like I I got frustrated over the time. Like I said, like I'm gonna I'm gonna follow through and I'm gonna make it. I I don't know how long it's gonna take me, but I'm gonna try it. And my brother mm -hmm. actually was the most surprised hearing or seeing that I actually was able to make this um, a reality. Like from all of my friends, I was the first one to, 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 to be able to do latte arts. And then suddenly everyone else was able to do it too. Like right now I have so many friends who know how to do latte art. But usually because they saw that, oh, this guy was able to do it. I probably should be able to do that too. Mm -hmm. And and I've said that to myself as well lately with like learning a new language. Like I've said like, well, I've known, like I know already three languages. Like that's already a lot uh, mm -hmm. for some standards. And it is. And, and then, but I thought like, but wait, I'm limiting myself 
to see like I could learn Spanish, I could learn Chinese, I could learn a new language. Like if other people learn new languages all the time, like I could do that too. Like why, mm -hmm. why am I trying to limit myself? I might not have the time to learn a mm -hmm. new language. That's another thing. But knowing um, that you can is yeah. important. It keeps the door open. And and I just watched a masterclass with Bob Iger, the mm -hmm. ex uh, CEO from Disney, and he said like like they they told the story about like Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel, and and they showed one scene where it's like I've never seen it that well, but it's like she said like I was fighting all my life with one hand tied behind my back, but now if I take this here away, like I'm finally getting free. Let's see what I can do now. And, and I feel like a lot of us have had this a long time, like feeling like we've been fighting with a hand tied behind our back because we, nobody told us that we could do this. Like nobody said, like you could, you could bake bread, like you could do latte art, you can learn a language, you can become a lettering artist, you can do this full time. Like who told you that you couldn't do this? <laughs> and, and I feel like empowering people to, to say like, this is why I love teaching about creativity, about like yeah. helping, like my kind of like main goal and mission is, is pretty much to, to help people like find their inner creativity and like be able to, to, um, unleash their potential. And so kind of figuring out how, like how to untie their hand behind their back. And then just like, like for a lot of people, their hand tied behind their back is like, I got no time to be creative. And I'm like, well, who told you that you have to be creative for four hours a day? Like it could be just 10 minutes of creativity. Yeah. And and that could change everything. Oh, it's so true. That reminds me of this great quote uh, that Chantelle Martin said in her talk at Adobe Max. She asked a room of like 12,000 people. She said, raise your hand if you can draw. And like not very many people raised their hand. And she said, how, and she said, okay, how can you not know how to do something as an adult that you could do when you were a child? You could draw when you were four yeah. or five. And she said, it's because somewhere along the way between being a child drawing and being an adult who quote unquote can't draw now, somewhere along the way, you learned that someone else could and, and you couldn't and you kept that with you. And so that's why you think you can't draw. Everyone can draw. Everyone is capable of making a mark on a paper. Mm -hmm. That's all that drawing really is. And that realization too, that what you were saying with the one hand tied behind your back, oftentimes it's just a mental thing of what we believe is possible for us and what we believe we can do or what was what we were cut out for and what we weren't cut mm -hmm. out for. When we start to believe those versions of ourselves, we limit ourselves. And so I think keeping the door open for all possibilities and I think the first step oftentimes uh, for creatives is seeing someone else, particularly someone else whose story they resonate with or who looks like them or mm -hmm. who's from the same place they are doing it mm -hmm. gives you hope that, hey, that person doesn't seem so different from me. Yeah. Why not? Why not me? Yeah. <laughs> I actually have an exercise for, for people how, how they can actually learn like how to draw. And I, I teach that in the workshop. So you're getting a sneak peek here. Ooh. Is actually I tell everybody to close their eyes and and to to pick up a pen and just like they have a blank piece of paper in front of them. And I tell them to start drawing. And then at some point I start, I tell them like, all right, now draw a tree and then draw a house. And as as long as you have your eyes closed, you are amazed at how fast people can draw, actually. 
and how little they actually look at what they're drawing because as long as their eyes are closed, they know like, ah, oh, the lines are not going to be perfect. Like, I don't have to like be super precise on how my tree looks like. It's just like, I just want to put down the idea of a tree. And, and so I tell them, this is how you should learn how to sketch. Because if you can sketch this fast, you can do a lot of things very fast. And this is such a great exercise for people because so they good. like I, I did this here in in, in oh. Zurich and and they were just like, wow! Like I cannot believe, like as soon as you start to look at your lines, you get slowed down. You try to be perfect. You try to do draw the perfect line, and you go back and forth. Like mm -hmm. drawing digitally is exactly the worst because you go back. You have this two finger tap, mm -hmm. and you go back and forth. And it's, it's such a thing that, that holds us back. And, and every time we try to do something, like I, I was looking at Martin Garrick's um, YouTube documentary about like, he has like a season where he shows like a little bit of behind the scenes and, and he's a musician. And I saw them like, they're, they're trying to writing a song and, and I could just feel like how it would be like, all right, I'm trying to, to, to do record the, the, the voice and like, I would wait till I'm ready until I'm ready to be perfect. But I realized like, they're just like, you see, we, we only have like two days to record this stuff. So what we're going to do is like, we're just going to go in and like try to record everything we can and keep going and keep going. And then it's going to be perfect in the end, but we have to like, we work with the best people anyways, but still like you start off and you don't look at too closely. And that's what I feel like Chant Chantel Martin uh, really talks about. Like, everyone can draw like it's a myth that people cannot draw like if you cannot put a pen like if you don't have arms like yes maybe but then you can use your legs like I have, a, I have a friend who he can draw with his feet better than others can draw with their hand because he doesn't have any arms but again as long as you can get a, a pen on paper you can draw how well you can draw is another question it's true I mean there are those videos of like elephants painting on canvas if an so, elephant can pick up a paintbrush oh gosh, and we, paint on a canvas, nobody should have an excuse. Yeah, that's my that's my thing. Like, <laughs> create art, not excuses. What is, I heard a quote years ago, like maybe in high school, that really stuck with me. That was how you see the world depends on where you sit. Like, if you thought about it, like a mm -hmm. concert, if you, like how you see life and your experience depends on what angle, what perspective you're coming at it with, and it's hard to have perspective in the moment because you're in, you're feeling it and you're feeling down, but it's kind of like how, what is it? Hindsight is 2020 where you look back at the yeah. last year or the last five years and you're so wise and you understand everything. You just kind of have to remember that like a year from now, I'll be telling stories about this and I will, I have faith that I will have improved and grown and have changed yeah. as a person and it'll all be yeah. for the better. We will. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Striving Artist Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to share it on social media. It would help us a lot if you could also rate, review, and subscribe to the Striving Artist Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or SoundCloud. This also helps us in ranking the show and would be greatly appreciated. We would love to hear from you via email, DM, or even voice message on Anchor. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.